0: You're listening to Bad Dylan. This is a podcast about Bob Dylan's many mistakes. Every day for a week, we subject ourselves to one abomination of a Bob Dylan record and then discuss our thoughts. I am Nicholas Naote. I'm Matt Lawhead.
1: And I'm Justin Hickerson. This uh, this podcast is uh, is a bit of a of a of an unfiltered hazing of one of our heroes. Mr. Bob Dylan. This is out of the utmost respect in uh, the three of us as lifelong Dylan fans co opting a journey through his less savory records. I don't say anything I don't mean about any of these records. I think they're awful, even if I love Bob Dylan. I think, I think some of this is...
2: <clears throat>
1: well, I, I dare not say music that shouldn't have ever been released but it's definitely music when i was younger and listening to bob dylan and telling people i listened to bob dylan these are all records that i ignored or tried to pretend weren't part of bob dylan well this isn't the bob dylan that i listened to you
0: know yeah this is, this is Bob Dylan's era that most people don't know anything about. And today we're talking about the bizarre and disappointing <laughs> Under the Red Sky from 1990.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: it's an album of nursery rhymes, except the music is bland dad rock. It features <laughs> countless celebrity cameos, including Slash, Elton John, George Harrison, David Crosby, Stevie Ray Vaughn, and Bruce Hornsby, a very star studded cast of stars giving some of the most forgettable performances of their careers.
3: But I would challenge you to see who is playing on what track if you didn't already look it up. Tell me. Yeah, you can't tell. Right. You can't Absolutely. tell,
0: like. There's no way you would ever know that that's Elton John playing that weird electronic piano <laughs> part. That's just like a normal rhythm part. Well, and
1: e- <laughs> even though Stevie Ray Vaughan is all over this album, not not once would I have picked it out had I not known it. Like I never would have yeah, been same. like that, oh, old man. he sounds like he's got Stevie Ray Vaughan ripping behind there. It's all you know. It's <laughs> yeah, a, or it's, Slash. It's everyone, everyone's everyone involved. It was a forgettable <laughs> delivery.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ed, where is George Harrison? Apparently, I'm just learning that George Harrison was on this album. He plays, I wrote this down, but I was uh, he
1: plays guitar on "Under the Red Sky," and and I think that's about as identifiable of a performance as anyone on this album gets it sounds Mm. a lot to me at least it sounds a whole lot like the guitar work he did on won't back down by tom petty
0: oh okay
1: but they i guess i can kind of see that but they were all uh but they were all wilburys i think around this very time oh that
2: yeah yeah, that's
1: true that's true so uh so here it it's not a surprise to see George Harrison on here. It's a total surprise to me to, that Elton John is on anywhere <laughs> <I know. laughs> anywhere on this album. Elton John and Slash are the two big uh, big surprises Whoa. for me on this album. Yeah. And especially weird the one. the performance that Slash is on the open isn't it the opening track Wiggle Wiggle? Yeah.
0: And I'm yeah. and I'm pretty
1: sure that's his only appearance on this and wiggle, wiggle. I mean, I commonly hear this song listed. If if you bring up like, uh, if the topic of discussion is Bob Dylan's bad music, no matter who I'm talking to, if they if they understand what we're talking about, wiggle, wiggle gets brought up. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, same. <clears throat> wiggle, wiggle, and the same. album Empire Burlesque, which we haven't done yet, right. but that is forthcoming, and that's extra extra oh, juicy man. bad. Like, this that, this uh, isn't even as bad as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Wiggle Wiggle deserves
3: that uh, placement uh, among his worst songs. Absolutely. Honestly. It
0: is not it is not undeserved. It's really yeah. really bad. It is really bad, but <laughs> we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the track list in a minute. This is this album is the follow up to a generally well-liked album called Oh Mercy, which I think is really good. And but this this album is completely devoid of any of the interesting and unique flavor that that album had. Um Patrick Humphreys author of The Complete Guide to the Music of Bob Dylan was particularly harsh in his assessment of Under the Red Sky stating the album was everything Oh Mercy wasn't. Sloppily written songs, lazily performed and unimaginatively produced. Hmm. I just personally didn't form any relationship with any of these songs really I just I ended up with some of them stuck in my head here and there but even less so than other albums we've listened to this is like definitely worse than saved by by a long shot
1: yeah but, mm, you know uh, yeah
3: i don't know i it's been a little while since we listened to saved now but uh there's a couple. There's a couple just bad, rotten stinkers on here that I would say I developed the worst relationship with. Maybe as bad as ugliest girl in the world. Bad. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wiggle, wiggle is uh, one of the big ones. But the rest of it, just there's no. There's a couple really rotten stinkers on here, and nothing redeeming. Not even like there's a couple places where I'm gonna have something nice to say. I think. That's about it, and so you have a couple stinkers mixed with some blah, and you get basically a bad taste in your mouth. There's nothing elevating anything. I
0: was having a really hard time getting motivated to listen to this one to the point where I just, I almost just couldn't. I hate it. I hate this album so much. The other two. (laughs) The other two I will listen to at some point in the future. And I actually listened to Saved the other day and kind of enjoyed it. That's, that's um, the thing. My
1: takeaway with Saved was I, I that was a mind changer for me. Because I went into that, I had never really listened to that album. For obvious reasons, like, who's going to, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that, like, overt, like, super Christian album, you know? (laughs) It's, like, one that I definitely had avoided listening to for a long time. And musically, it was super entertaining. Like, and it it was good, it was fresh, and he still sounded, you know, young. He just sounds yeah. so <laughs> fucking worn out. And, this, and how, uh, how many years? How many years later is this? Is this, this a this decade is, this later? This exactly ten years later. Saved was in nineteen eighty, yeah. and the fucking eighties were just a really rough. He, he rough, must have really
0: seen some shit in the eighties. I think
1: he might have started smoking again because by the time nineteen eighty nine came around, and uh, or was it eighty eight? Whatever, the first album that we did. Down in the Groove. He just sounds uh, so... I mean, he sounds a little more lively on this album. But two albums before this... At moments. But two albums before this on Down in the Groove, I think, is about as tired (laughs) as... It's interesting you
3: say that about his voice, though, because I totally agree. And I've always I've had this since long before we started this podcast where I have this mental image of Bob Dylan going through the years that is correlational to like how dry a piece of beef jerky is. (laughs) Once you get to the 90s, I just think he's a bag of leather and he's just like piping like sound through all these like like, tired uh, old dry holes and it's like uh, a
0: piece of rawhide you'd give to an old dog
3: exactly that's exactly what and like he looks like it he sounds like it to me i don't know if rawhide could sing but that's what i imagine by like by this time bob dylan is starting to sound like he's tired and he just uh, maybe he's smoking i don't know but yeah, uh, this I is, think he should stop at this point. Like write the songs, do the good music, and everything. But stop being the front man to your own music because it sounds bad, and I can hardly understand what he's saying most of the time.
0: Yeah, one thing I'll say in this album's credit is that at least none of the songs are five or six minutes long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> I think there were some six minute. Longer than six minute songs on Save, just like, just like wrap it up, man. Yeah, God. They might have been that long in this one, but as we'll talk about,
3: uh, I think even the engineers and Bob was like, "Okay, this is Dragon on too long. Just awkwardly fade out. Oh, yeah,
0: that's really <laughs> true. That's so true. There's a lot of songs on this album where the song just fades out in the middle, and it feels like Bob's still singing, but and he's still singing unique lyrics. It's not like a chorus and it feels like it has the feeling of like a rambling old man like talking to himself as he walks down the hallway away or
3: from like you or child, like grandchildren shedding their grandpa like yeah grandpa okay yeah grandpa that's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. and walking away as he's still telling his old grandpa story
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly there's like some intern at the board he starts to, like fade away, like turns around and looks, and some suits back
0: there just shaking his head, yes.
1: Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fade it, fade that. Yeah, way. take it out, <laughs> put
2: it away, <laughs> take it home.
0: <laughs> Man, the the second to last listen of this album for me, Spotify played "Knocking on Heaven's Door" after this after Cat whatever Cats in the Well ended, and goddamn, what a good song! That's just a great fucking record. <laughs>
2: That's a
0: great fucking record, man. And it's just kind of a kick in the pants to jump from this record to that one. <laughs> I haven't I haven't listened to it on Spotify, so I haven't been
3: reminded of uh, Bob Dylan's best uh, juxtaposed against his worst on this album. So I've been kind of in a dark uh, place with Bob this uh, this time around.
0: Um, what was it like to listen to this album every day for a week for you, Matt Lawhead?
3: Um, well, I'll tell you what I wrote. The, my very first notes, uh, my, the very first thing I wrote down when I started this album the first day, I'll scroll down and it says, um, here, let me, I want to make sure I get, I get this totally right. I have day one, initial thoughts starting the album. I have, in quotes, in all caps, oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the beginning of Wiggle Wiggle really sets the tone and the mood for what you're in for for the next 35, 40 minutes. That's so true. And it doesn't, I didn't have any uh, epiphany. I didn't have any growth with this album. The first listen through was basically every listen through at a different time of the day. Uh, and I went through some uh, some dental work. So two of the days that I listened to this album, I thought I was going to have a real ride because I was on some pain meds. And it just slowed it down and made it even more of a fucking chunky uh slog to get through there's (laughs) nothing redeemable about this album i don't think well i take that back well i'll say a couple nice things when we get to some specific songs but they were not enough to elevate it out of any sort of rut i was in listening to it it's just a it is what it is and i didn't like it i didn't like it and it was like that all week no pluses no minuses after that just chunky slog
0: I would totally agree with everything you just said, and I had a very similar experience. I didn't form any kind of relationship with any of these songs, really. I was dreading the listen every time. Um, I just couldn't get motivated the way I usually do for this podcast, for this album. It's just so fucking bad. I think this album is really, really fucking bad.
3: (laughs) Justin, what did you think when you listened to it all throughout the week?
2: I would agree. Uh,
1: I have similar feelings to you, Nicholas, in that I formed very little relationship with it. It's just boring, and like I just want it to get done as soon as possible. And it's not boring, like elevator music boring, it's boring, like it's like this is fucking annoying, like 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 let's just get this done,
0: you know, yeah, the reality of the concept of this podcast is starting to hit home a little bit, like i'm I'm just worn out, I'm worn out, and we went kind of too long between. Episodes like we did, th- we recorded our saved episode maybe like two months ago or something. And so, in that time, my standards for what music should sound like went back up a little bit. And so, this sounds <laughs> worse than it would have if we had gone right from saved into this one.
3: You know what? I've on purpose not listened to any other Bob Dylan besides uh, the stuff we've been listening to for the podcast. And I tell you what, I kind of forget that he is an award-winning,
2: poetic, <laughs> uh,
3: amazing singer-songwriter. So lots of, and even uh, albums after the ones we've been listening to, he's written some real gold standard uh, hits.
0: Yeah, the but new, I don't. The new album like is that. pretty good.
3: I haven't listened yes. to it. It's been out since we started the podcast, so I uh, haven't listened to it at all. I forget that. I have to be proven again that he is uh, the artist that he supposedly is. Yeah. Uh,
0: speaking of terrible things, let's talk about the album cover. Um, yeah. It's an indifferent Bob Dylan sitting on the ground. What looks like a nuclear blast zone. It's black
1: and white here. I'm looking at it now, and he's wearing... What appears to be a pinstripe suit, and looks like he's sitting either deep in thought or extremely confused. <laughs> <laughs> or completely <laughs> indifferent. Yeah, and yeah, I, just totally, I, as I described it. Um, now, wh- you have the record, so, what's on the back of
3: the record? I'm interested to see what he chose for the art or the back. On the,
1: on the back of the record here, we've got a very blurry picture or not blurry, but the contrast is just off. It's very dark and shadowy, but it's Bob sitting on a uh, on a set of stairs in front of a door. With, Does he have himself. a raincoat on? <laughs> yeah, and so looks like he's got a, a couple coats on. It's hard to tell. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe possibly a, a scarf or three under there, but he's definitely sporting these uh these fresh nineteen nineties. Late eighties Nikes.
3: Still nothing I nice. would uh, like attribute to any of the subject matter of the album.
0: Oh, your your vinyl has the sticker, the promotional sticker. Does that list all the famous people on the album? I'm guessing it does. It, it says includes unbelievable Handy Dandy and God
1: knows I can't believe Handy unbelievable Dandy. Unbelievable is the great descriptor <laughs> for Handy all, Dandy. All yeah. of those. And then no, and unbelievable
3: then, is the song.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: Although that'd be great if they called it like that's unbelievable he wrote that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. I can't believe, but of
1: no, people would no. that
3: song.
1: We've got with special appearances by David Crosby, George Harrison, Bruce Hornsby, Elton John, Al Cooper, slash Jimmy and Stevie Ray Vaughn, Don was and more.
0: And more. And, and, and
3: I challenge you tell me which songs are on what, uh, which person is on what song. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah listener, if you want to listen to the album and tell us which person played on which songs, that'd be great. Don't Just look it email out. us at the Bo- Bad Bob Dylan Boys Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> starting with, <laughs> we'll go through the. We go through the tracks here, starting with a real doozy. Wiggle Wiggle, this is widely regarded on the Bob Dylan subreddit to be the worst Bob Dylan song of all time. Do we agree? Is this worse than The Ugliest Girl in the World or whatever that song was? It's pretty bad. For
3: different reasons, I guess. They're both equally bad, I would say, but not this on the same level. Go ahead, Jess, this- I interrupted you.
1: Oh, I just I know there's some stuff coming up that's worse, so I can't I can't conclusively (laughs) I can't give my vote that this is the worst
0: song. But spoiler
1: alert, yeah, yeah, just you guys, you just wait.
0: This song really (laughs) fucking sucks, and I can't believe it was the track they picked as the first song on the album. It's just unreal. Of all these ten songs, that's the one they went with for song one.
3: Well, it starts out, for me, so it starts out where I'm thinking, like, Wiggle Wiggle. Wiggle is like a kid's word, kind of. And I heard lore of this album already. Like, like think about nursery rhymes or children's songs a little bit. And so then you see Wiggle Wiggle's the first song. I'm like, okay, so this is, like, why it's bad. Is My initial thoughts are like, okay, so this is, like, Bob misguidedly made a a children's album and you know (laughs) I don't know why he would do that but it's bad and uh, but then as long when you're hearing the words or looking at them they get weirder as it goes until the very end where it's obviously not a children's song because he talks about what I can only guess is ejaculating I don't (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else it could mean so and you please, if you both disagree or have another interpretation of it, tell me. But What's the lyric you're no, talking no. about? I'm talking y- yeah, about yeah. Uh, uh, wiggle till your high, wiggle to your higher, wiggle till you vomit fire. That's the first half of that line and then Wig-
0: <laughs> wiggle till you vomit fire.
3: That, I don't fucked. know what that means, but and then it goes wiggle till it whispers, wiggle till it hums, wiggle till it answers, wiggle till it comes. Wiggle till
2: you high, wiggle till you high.
1: Yeah, I hadn't caught that until you brought that up tonight. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of other uh, things that could allude to.
3: I mean, come as an arrive, I guess, but...
0: That's not. This really is the,
1: this is the man I'm who won the Nobel it. fucking prize.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> like, there's he all he knows what it means. He knows you know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> there's a also a particularly noticeable uh, lyric at the end where Bob's sounding especially haggard, and I just can't help but notice every listen he says. Wiggle like a big fat steak. It's I said that fat, in my notes, too, where I'm like, does he say wiggle like a
3: steak? What does that mean? No, I looked at up and he said snake. Snake, snake right here on the... On wiggle the. like a big fat snake. I totally thought wiggle he was like saying wiggle fat. like a big fat steak. Wiggle like a big fat snake. Yeah. But, I mean, earlier he's like wiggle, wiggle, wiggle like a bowl of soup, like a rolling hoop, like a ton of lead. <laughs>
1: It would you be, can raise uh,
3: the dead. They're nonsensical lyrics. He might as well say steak as opposed to snake, I guess. I hate it. I don't know. I'm getting upset about it, talking about
0: it. <laughs> the first, really the first 12 seconds of this song are a grave portent of things to come. It's <laughs> harsh banging with like a horrible dissonant guitar bend. It's actually, I think all three of these albums we've done so far have like some horrible sounding beginning to the album and it's like you can you you just know what you're getting in into like right off the bat so if you want to know what this album feels like to listen to just listen the first 12 seconds of wiggle wiggle
3: This song live 105 times, starting from 1990 to 1992. Was the last time he played "Wiggle Wiggle" live, apparently. So interesting, he played it that much in two years live. He played it 105 <laughs> times. He must have thought yeah. some, there was some merit in this until
1: 1992. <laughs> I, <God. laughs> That's a uh... God, but the song is so had bad. He wouldn't play it live. Like, think about that in a two-year oh, period man. of time. Like, this was, is, was that just a, that, would, that was a staple <laughs> on his uh, on his set list there for a little bit? In a two-year like, period, we gotta of time. play Wiggle. I wonder Wiggle. if it. I wonder. I wonder if it was the opener there for a couple of years. It very well may have God. been.
3: But if you think about it, in a two-year period of time to play it a hundred times, you'd have to play it like every six days or something live uh or no yeah. i guess i got that wrong 105 it's like 600 and uh well 700 odd days a year be so like
0: once a week yeah you have
3: to play wiggle wiggle live to a group of people for two years to hit that mark so congratulations! so this is
0: the song is this the one with slash on it yes yeah wow okay nice you would never you would never be able to tell
3: like when we were talking about how this might be some children's album or uh some sort of nursery rhyme thing this album is dedicated it's for gabby goo goo did you guys catch that yeah that's on the on
1: the notes here too do you guys know anything about what that means um i believe that's his daughter
0: okay yeah I think so too but it has never been c- neither confirmed nor denied by Bob Dylan right <laughs> that's
2: the case
0: <laughs> well the, the, as well Bob does like being a mystery
1: man <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> well as we continue to talk about each song and uh their lyrical content and how it's, it seems like it's kind of made for kids except for he talks about ejaculation but, um,
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of uh tangents Matt uh, did I have to ask did this did this album test your patience? Yes. <laughs> this is. I, I have a. I have a memory. I have a memory of Matt's incredible patience. Uh, Matt, I believe you are one of the most patient people I know. Because one time when we were all on tour together, you took a shower at someone's house. And there were no towels, and so you just you just stood I there stood there until I was dry. until you were dry.
3: <laughs> you know what? I'd actually I'd rather do that and uh, than ever listen to this album again. I think. <laughs> okay, uh, song two,
0: "Under the Red Sky." This one sort of feels like it's meant to be a children's song lyrically but it's not really a genre that a kid would want to listen to. <laughs> no. And it's a it's a story about a little boy and a little girl and it ends with them both being killed and baked into a pie presumably for somebody to eat. <laughs> it really sets up these characters and then they just Almost get like cooked
3: a into a pie. A little sort of vibe and then he talks about the moon as well and uh that's also a favorite topic in nursery rhymes and, and young people poems. Young people poems. What does it mean? Children's poems. What a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it takes a gruesome turn, though, uh, with them being baked into a pie. The,
0: mu- the instrumentation sounds decent musically, uh, but Bob's singing and lyrics are just really, really bad.
1: This is probably my favorite song on this album. Um I yeah, I think the uh, pretty much this whole album lyrically is just kind of it's not even really confusing for me. I just don't care enough to even really plunge into trying
0: to decipher any of it. It's all None me. of the songs really seem to mean anything. And no. it's okay, like it's okay for songs to not mean anything, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's just I don't know, you can't there's nothing to grab onto here.
3: I liked the song, uh, musically. This is also where I kind of start to see a theme. What little, like, if I'm trying to just, like, really reach and see if there's an overarching theme for this album, besides the children's uh, nursery rhyme thing, it's, it's, he seems to compare opposites, or not compare, but just bring up opposites a ton. So he says, let the wind blow low, let the wind blow high, I. I Later on throughout the album, he talks a lot about uh, or just compares opposites a lot. So that's not that's not something smart he's doing. That's just something I'm bringing up because we'll talk about it. I, I'm going to bring it up later. But this is where I kind of start to notice it.
0: And that, that brings us to the next song, Unbelievable. It's uh, unbelievable. Which is a it's a very predictable blues rock song it is actually very believable <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> good boy <one. Yeah>. zing
0: <laughs> this is like this is probably not my least favorite track on the album but it's just so unnecessary it's not as like overtly bad as uh wiggle mm-hmm. wiggle or handy dandy but it's just unnecessary you you talked about sort of lazy songwriting, like mentioning opposites. This is one of many songs on this album where he's just saying the title of the song over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. And it's unbelievable. I've got a, but then I've it's actually strange, got but it's a,
3: true. I couldn't believe it, but it's strange, but it's true. It's inconceivable. Yeah. It could happen to you.
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a lyrical, a lyric note on that one. It's a, Kill that beast and feed that swine. Scale that wall and smoke that vine. I wonder <laughs> yeah. what he's talking about there, Bob. Smoke that vine. It, yeah, that one is
3: uh, pronounced when you hear it. Like everything else, I'm not. I'm not really listening to as I'm hearing yeah. it. But that one does uh, does stick out.
0: I I honestly I read the lyrics to this song, and I'm just just really not sure what it's about. It's not really about anything which is like kind of inconsistent yeah, with, that's with the, the rest that's, of this album. That's it's the like,
1: name of the game for this album. Just a, what is it, Boomhauer says it in the very first opening scene of one of the King of the Hill episodes. They're talking about Seinfeld out there in the alley, and, and Boomhauer just goes, <laughs> just a show about nothing.
2: <laughs> Did y'all catch the Seinfeld show last night? Yep. Oh, hell,
1: I missed it. I'll tell you what, you see that part where Daniel George come in there and talk about
2: his own bourbon Kramer comes sliding in. Just, I, you know, dude, I, I tell you what, man. Them dang old New York boys. <laughs> just a show about nothing. That's
1: kind of, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what this album is. You know? just, yeah. a song, just a song about nothing.
3: <laughs> I like the way Nick put it, though. Like It is completely unnecessary. This song, it doesn't sound good. There's nothing. There's no hook. There's no, like, anything that makes me... Like, I can deal with a, a mediocre verse as long as there's that hooky chorus that's going to bring me in and tie everything together. And there's not that here. There's just yeah. boring opposites uh, compared to each other for a minute. <laughs> and then something's unconceivable and it's over. And
0: Yeah. And it's another blues rock song i'm just so over the fucking i've said it, it in rock. every
3: other bad dylan podcast so far but if i want generic blues rock <laughs> dad rock i just don't go to bob dylan for it he <laughs> yeah he needs to stop go to,
0: go to dire straits yeah yeah a,
3: oh yes thank you we'll talk about them later i bet
0: yeah uh moving on born in time i this is song four and this is my favorite song i think it's actually a legitimately good song the melody is very good. Uh but that said it sounds like he's having a really hard time singing at the beginning of the song and it kind of makes me feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not probably not in the intended way.
2: <laughs> but- <laughs>
3: I, I generally like this song too and surprisingly, this is one that with David Crosby backing up on, I don't hear him as easy as I hear him in the other song but it turns out that the songs that I like the best on this album are the ones that David Crosby for all of his like uh, infamousness about being a piece of shit to work with uh, <laughs> was
0: it was it David Crosby that says said that dumb shit about Kanye West yes he did it was <laughs> yeah, <him. laughs> yeah, it was. He said, Kanye West can neither sing, nor write, nor play. Oh, Oh, shut up, up. you fucking boomer.
1: (laughs) 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 Unlike Kanye West. Who can neither sing, nor write, nor play. (laughs) Right. So do you think he can not write? I
2: mean,
1: that one's iffy. He certainly can't play anything, and he certainly doesn't sing. I mean... The thing that bugs me about him is the, I'm the world's greatest living rock star. Right. Somebody should drive him over to Stevie Wonder's house right right now so that he understands what a real one is. Secondly, they should send him all of Ray Charles' catalog so he can learn how to sing. Very good. What a boomer. (laughs) Well, He was sitting there. Yeah, David Crosby's all bald and fat. And his his fucking, his fucking, his slippers. It's like with a coffee mug in the newspaper. (laughs) Kanye West can't sing or play. Like storming back into the house. And and the funniest thing about that, he's
3: notoriously hard to work with. Like uh, David Crosby, I can't remember who it was. My dad was telling me about this uh, interview he heard of him. It was in like the mid 2000s or whatever, where David Crosby was talking about like by the 80s or 90s, he was like, I had no one would work with me, and that's just an amazing statement to make at. That eight like David Crosby was be such a piece of shit to work with that by the eighties and nineties no one in the industry would work with David Crosby.
2: With that that's, kind of tenure, that's
3: bonkers.
1: With that, I was not aware awful, of this, dude. I did so not know that. About David Crosby was notoriously difficult to work with.
0: That makes uh, it,
3: look up him and Neil Young's feud. Well, also
0: that, another quick little David Crosby tidbit. The last time I was watching the movie Hook. Uh, I noticed that David Crosby is one of the pirates in that movie. Yeah, he's one of
1: that. the pirates. Totally, watch. watch <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Google he totally David is. Crosby
0: in Hook and just watch the clip yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, he's got
1: like a he's got like a line or two. Really? He's like, Long live the hook. Yeah, he's like this fat, this little fat little pirate. You can
0: totally tell it's him too. That's yeah, once you know it's him, it's like there he is. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you old I sailor never <laughs> caught
2: that. That's so interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. Where were we? At? Uh, born we, in time. A, no one cares about yeah. born in time. I one
1: note remember. on on born in time. Bob Bob played accordion on that song.
0: Oh no, shit.
1: Which is you know just about as good as good as anyone else's performance on you know. I that didn't play. know he yeah. played accordion. No, there was I'm, no
3: Terry was uh, surprised he mm-hmm. plays mediocre accordion. So.
1: yeah it was good enough for this album i am this track on this album and i don't think he played accordion on any of the other ones
0: (laughs)
3: yeah very good
0: yeah okay track five tv talking song um, This song is just really fucking bad. I hate this song so much. I was talking one
3: in our last listen about how this is a Dire Street song that they threw away that Bob Dylan, while dumpster diving, probably picked up and was like, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> I'm definitely going
0: to do this song. <laughs> There's a lyric on this song that always catches my attention. There's a few lyrics on this album that just like stand out every time. Like the big fat steak one, but this one is your mind is a temple. Keep it beautiful and free. Don't let an egg get laid in it by something you can't see.
2: <laughs> Which it's just so
0: clunky lyric. It's it, like I feel like it could be refined just a little. Well, I think it's oh, the same
3: sentiment as like saying a seed being planted. But I think. Because he talks about a little bit of the like pray for peace, he said you could feel it in the crowd. He's kind of talking about some event, uh, some Christian, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some religious talk going on in a public park in London, you know. And the seed being planted is such a much more like a topic that happens in the Bible than (laughs) an egg being laid.
0: And yeah. And it's like the the phrasing of it is so weird. Don't let an egg get laid in it by something you can't see. It's just like he was tr- working for syllables or something. I don't know. It's really weird. The news of
2: the day is on all the time. All the latest gossip, all the latest rhyme. Your mind is your temple, keep it beautiful and free. Don't let an egg get laid in there by something you can't.
1: Nice, Bob. This kit for Gabby
0: Goo Goo. Really subtle. Very good. Very good. Uh, Next song: 10,000 Men. This is another predictable blues rock song.
1: (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Um, uh, the thing I noticed right away every time is that it sounds like Bob isn't sure if he's supposed to come in at the beginning and like the whole first verse is like mumbled (laughs) and sounds like he's not really singing into the mic
2: 10,000
0: men on a hill 10,000
3: Here's a selection of lyrics that I like a lot. Hey, who could be, who could your lover be? Hey, who could your lover be? Let me eat off his head so you can really see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that too. Let's talk about that lyric because I was wondering what you guys thought. Are we talking about eating a person's head off or is it eating off of the top of a person's head like eating some scrambled eggs off of a bald man's? bald head.
1: In the in the stanza just before, he says uh, he ends it with all... 10,000 cl- uh, men digging for silver and gold, all clean-shaven, all coming in from the cold. So, clean-shaven, I'm assuming
3: he's eating off of the head. I think we're reading too much into this. <laughs> I, th- I think the fact that we're trying to find meaning in these lyrics <laughs> like, is giving him yeah. too much credit than it's worth. Pers- Let me honestly. eat off his yeah,
1: head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... N- the, the nothingness these songs are about is prof- <laughs> is profound in that it leaves the listener pondering <laughs> the legitimacy of this nothing, because nothingness. Because the next
3: one is like, 10,000 women all dressed in white, standing at my window wishing me good night. 10,000 men looking so lean and frail, each one of them got seven wives, each one of them just out of jail. Does that make any sense? Like, given the lyrics before, or do they make a cohesive whole? Do they make any sense? No when
0: it does it does not really tell a real story but then There's he has a fun a narrative. he has
3: a nice tea uh story at the end of it though oh yeah
0: let's let's the tea lyric Ooh, baby thank you for my tea baby yeah. thank you for my tea <laughs> it's so sweet of you to be nice to me
3: spilling my yeah, buttermilk
0: sweeping it up with a broom <laughs> It so make- sweet of you to be nice to another me. Another
3: completely pointless waste of time this song. Although yeah. I liked it. I it, I like it somewhat because I can't understand him.
0: This is another this is another Stevie Ray Vaughan song. No. <laughs> oh really? I would never have guessed that. No. Honestly. How could you? Next song 2 by 2. This is a song where he's saying numbers of things. It's he's a very like, lazy song, whole- but I
3: find <laughs> musically rewarding not a lot, but I like it, and it happens to be the other David Crosby song. It's the only redeemable okay, yeah. song.
0: There's a really funny lyric on this one. Six by six, they were playing with tricks. <laughs> six by six, they were playing with tricks. How
2: many pads did it try? <laughs> they're, they're playing with tricks <laughs> i love oh, that that line
0: is so that's another one that caught my attention every time i was about to say i think elton john might have been the most uh the
1: heaviest cameo on this album and it's totally forgettable
0: yeah i would
3: have never guessed he was on the song if you hadn't Same.
1: Told me. i wouldn't yeah, know he was noticeable. on the i wouldn't yeah Put him on the album anywhere. This piano track doesn't sound any different than any other piano track on any of these boring, stupid songs.
3: That kind of makes me think that Bob had already (laughs) written and recorded this song for the most part and obviously didn't have any room for a sweet Elton John piano solo, right? They were just like, oh, Elton John happens to be in town. He's recording something else in the other room. <laughs> he'll just he'll just they play cut. this
0: very normal piano yeah, part like, on this song. He should have. He
3: deserved a sweet ass solo, or at least some sort of like crazy breakdown or something. But
1: yeah, what it was was they couldn't afford <laughs> to pay Elton enough to. They do can only solo. pay him for his right they hand, only and only not pay, his left yeah. hand too. They can pay him. They can yeah. pay him for the backup track <laughs> only. <laughs> <laughs> no solo.
0: <laughs> We've talked a, a bit about awkward fade outs on this podcast and the fade out on this one feels uniquely bad because bob is still singing and they're they're not like repeated lyrics they're unique lyrics and he's still singing them and it fades out i just i have to think that maybe they're covering up for something or maybe the song was maybe he was going for another like listeners
3: must have been like too long at this point too long too long
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah.
3: yeah. and
1: it's even noticeable
3: i want
0: i wonder if it wasn't another like six and a half minute song <laughs> that they were like all right just just that's right out.
1: yeah 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 it's like yeah the the bootlegs for this uh for this era were not nearly as widely circulated because they're even worse <laughs> like this song is actually like this 10 minute dirge By the grace of God, they faded it out.
3: (laughs) Well, even in the given lyrics, too, like everything is by fours until you get to the very end where one by one, two by two, and then just, you know, uh, fade off. And then just
0: just other numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's like, it's hard to tell what it's real. It's it's not really a... feels vaguely about something but it's i don't think it is about anything i think Again, it was the counting like,
3: up gimmick is that's the whole he had like oh one two three four that's how you count up okay we got a song gimmick i'll say it.
0: yeah there's <laughs> there's a song it's numbers <laughs> <laughs> there's there's mention of like the arc he says two by two they got on the arc or whatever um and then but at one point he says don't tread on me i'm pretty sure do you guys think that bob is a libertarian <laughs> does he say that though where do you see he that because I'm, i see three by sure three they're that. turning
3: the key and three by three they danced on the sea i'm not seeing don't tread on me
0: i'm pretty sure he says that
3: your ultra I'll, i
0: think it's i think it might be during the fade out oh
3: maybe but i thought the, no, the way i hear the fade two, out is <laughs>
0: Are we going to check and make sure that he says I'm, don't tread on I me? I typed in I'm tread
3: onto this page. I searched for the word tread and I don't see it, bro. It's not on the Bob I'm Dylan
0: lo- website, but maybe they've I'm looking on it. the the record We're going to do some right sleuthing
3: now. right now to, to know that. I don't
1: see a
0: don't tread on me. Yeah, it's in there. If you go to azlyrics.com Oh, but they're notoriously wrong about stuff. <laughs> it's in there <laughs> yeah it's it's at the very end it's it's during the fade out i think
1: well it's not listed on the sleeve you got you a little easter egg there anyway i wonder if that i don't
3: care what um, if he's a libertarian.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I think he was he endorsed he endorsed uh and was was part of the Bill Clinton campaign in nineteen ninety two.
0: Oh, I think boy. if
1: he I think if he were a, a true libertarian, he would have been for Ross Perot. Mm, yeah. Um then.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Not libertarian behavior. Uh <laughs> Number no. eight, track eight. God but I knows. also
1: I like to say that libertarians are just embarrassed Republicans. So. <laughs> God knows is uh, notable for how
3: it starts. I'm, God knows you ain't uh, pretty. God knows it's
1: yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. If uh, if some of our if if any of our listeners are listening and. Chronological order, or are familiar with the Bob Dylan catalog that might bring you uh Ugliest to reminisce girl in the
2: world. that might
3: bring you to
1: reminisce on a on two albums prior to this, a song about being in love with the ugliest girl in the world. Getting worse, yeah. And now here we've got a God knows you ain't pretty is opening track of the he's, title. And he's one can only assume that he's got an infatuation and is in a relationship.
0: This is this some. is the crossover of the two albums we've already done because. For one, it's a song where he starts with the first lyric about a woman that's physically unattractive, which he l- apparently likes to sing about sometimes. But also, it's another it's song. It's universal, right? I mean, it's that's a, a song where, thing where he's... That everyone understands. <laughs> thanks, Matt. It's another <laughs> song where he's asserting the opinions of God at, with self-righteous <laughs> certitude. He's like, I know what God thinks and i'm going to yeah. write a song where i'm talking about what god thinks
3: he does follow it up with god knows there ain't nobody ever going to take the place of you and i don't i don't understand that change of tone there from the god knows you ain't pretty it ain't it's true but no one's going to take the place of you i'm not sure what he's saying with that
2: follow up there god knows you ain't pretty god knows it's true God knows there ain't anybody ever going to take the place of you.
0: I don't even know what else to say about this song.
3: It just didn't need to exist. Stevie Ray Vaughan plays on it, but you'd never be able to tell. Um, uh, God knows a bunch of stuff, but it's not for us to know, I guess. And there's a river or something. I don't care. At this point, this is exactly where I feel uh, when I'm listening to the album, where I'm like, God, I don't care about this at all. I just <laughs> yeah have
0: same. tuned out yeah. by this point. I'll
1: tell you what, yeah, God knows, I'm ready for you to just wrap it up. Bob.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like yeah, it, we're only eight <laughs> songs in. Eight songs is not that yeah. many. Yeah, it's yeah,
1: just, yeah. And to follow that, yeah, you know, it's like God knows, like I'm ready to get this over with, and that just fires us right into the peak of this album
0: oh yeah let's talk about <laughs> the track definitive nine.
1: D- definitive track here handy
0: the def- dandy the, the definitive <laughs> track handy dandy this is a song where bob dylan says the words handy dandy about 150 <laughs> times <laughs> handy dandy So just, bad. This is like, like sugar and candy. <laughs> it's just so bad. I actually think this is the worst Bob Dylan song ever. This is the worst one I've heard. Yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm yuck I'm yucked out by the moment the song comes on and it just yeah. gets worse and worse.
1: It's definitely one of those. Yeah, this is a song when you go to describe to someone who is uninitiated in the world of of bad Bob Dylan songs. Like, this is a good go-to song to show to someone and be like, this is what I'm talking about. And you fire it up and someone's like, this is Bob Dylan?
0: Like, oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's
0: bad. (laughs) One thing I'll say is that Bob is clearly vibing on this song. (laughs) Like
2: he 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 thinks it's really good
0: shit. He's like, This is like his (laughs) most spirited performance on this whole album. For sure. He
3: is very enthusiastic and he has no right to be. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's, maybe it's the repetition, but I had this song stuck in my head all week and I was not stoked about it.
1: No, man, this is going to be stuck in our heads for like, intermittently the rest of our lives it sucks this is like one of those songs don't say like that. this is like that kind of an experience Andy where like years Andy. later don't say like that. yeah i'll be like driving around somewhere and it'll just be like god damn why is this song stuck in my head <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, bob obviously Andy. didn't uh, like this song very much either because he only played it a single time live in june 27th 2008 he played this song live oh
0: wow he pulled it out in 2008 (laughs)
3: yeah and i
1: can't believe that's the only time either
3: well he played it in spain for the uh recinto feria i'm saying that totally oh
0: man it's on youtube
3: (laughs) oh really
0: i'm I'm gonna have to watch that (laughs) look it up on youtube then it's a
3: spain 2008 uh playing of handy dandy live and i bet it's i long.
0: am watching that after this <laughs> is done yeah
1: i'm probably gonna go watch that too
0: you guys tell me how I'll it want-
2: is i'm not doing it <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh track 10 cats in the well this is I, I don't even know what to say at this point. They just need to fill up the record, cats I guess. Cats in the Well, also That's another exactly like right. nursery
3: rhymes or of children's story, both in title and lyrics, but not necessarily in any other way that a kid would actually grapple onto. Cats in the Well, Cats in the Well, the wolf is looking down. Cats and wells and wolves are always in children's stories. <sighs>
0: It's just it's just more blues rock. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so boring. At
3: this point, I've already turned off. So I'm like having to look at the lyrics to even remember what the song is.
1: Same. I don't care. Yeah, it's like we've got to fill up the rest of this tape reel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's bring Stevie Ray back in here. Y'all play that song about that cat that y'all ran through yesterday, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's just move on.
3: That's <laughs> yeah, the, that's, uh, it. Uh, that's the that's the Those album. are the
0: songs. Let's let's do some Amazon reviews. I've got one ready here for you. Uh Amazon user Robert L. Smith with the review Dylan's worst album. He says Cons- consistently lackluster performances fail to inject any energy into what is worse than mediocre material to begin with. In <laughs> my opinion, There are only two reasons to actually own this horrendous album, either because you are a fanatical Dylan completionist (laughs) or because you're morbidly curious to see how far a great singer songwriter can fail in an off year. Dylan promises that the much-anticipated second volume of his memoir, Chronicles, will deal in part with the sessions at which this travesty was recorded. <laughs> I can't wait to hear his excuse for such an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> I have one. That's pretty good. I
3: have one from the Donut Fire that gave it a 5 out of 5. Uh, it says he is wow. simply the best. It goes on saying... I have been a Bob Dylan fan since I was a junior in high school, where his songs were a healing balm to my broken hearts and a poetic commentary for me to bounce my life off of to the present day. The album came out when I was in my mid-30s. I am now 64 years old. Uh, the best songs are Under the Red Sky. <laughs> and, uh,
1: and I'm still single. And I'm
2: still-
3: <laughs> 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 the best songs are Under the Red Sky, Born in Time, and God Knows. He liked the album a lot. Five yeah. out of five. I have I have really? a few five
0: out of five ones. I have
3: a bunch of one to out give, of fives, but I got a few five out of fives.
0: To give this album like a perfect score is just really remarkable. Someone out there thinks this is a perfect album. I've got a a, a
1: four out of five here, but it's a little more defensive, <laughs> less confident than yours. This is on an a all-music guide. I think this Dylan album has an unfairly negative perception. So maybe it was more lightweight than some of his classical albums. Classical. He was playing classical (laughs) albums. But there's nothing wrong with the change of pace from time to time. As Dylan albums go, this makes for a pretty easy listening, and I remember playing it on rotation in my car when it first came out. Yes, other albums may be better. There's no disputing that... But I definitely think it worthy of more than 1.5 stars. Some people have given it.
0: So he gave it a four. <laughs> here, here I've got uh, Amazon user M. Gleason with the review titled So Bad.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it goes here, this is so bad. Bob, I don't know what you were on, but stay off of it. Tied with Empire Burlesque for all-time worst Bob Dylan album. I own <laughs> Yeah. I own every Dylan album, preferred the studio stuff, the on the record versions, if you will, and this is a turkey from start to miserable finish. <laughs> a turkey eh? you gotta try i was gonna
1: say you gotta try and get in touch with that person to yeah they wanna, i want them on the they podcast
2: wanna, wanna, they a guess slot! <laughs> yeah to
0: call to call something a turkey is such a good yeah. <laughs> such a good insult
2: like,
1: hey
0: you might you might you might fit in this this commentary here user I gotta reach out to M. Gleason.
3: Well, maybe we should talk okay. to C.J. Zimmel as well because he says, uh, "Poor Bob, victim of himself." Uh, he goes on to say, <laughs> "Awful. I mean, really awful." Dot dot dot. And I liked self-portrait because you knew Dylan was just trying to have some fun with his image. This album is just a disaster. The lyrics are okay <laughs> on most songs. Parentheses. Ah! I've seen worse Dylan. <laughs> Uh, But the music is unexciting, not very creative, and downright embarrassing on some tracks. Why, oh why, did you have to make an album like this, Bob? Such talented people at your disposal for these sessions, and you threw it away on garbage arrangements. Shameful. Really sad. Shameful. Sad. (laughs) (laughs) I love that
0: shit. Oh, no. (laughs) I love love when bad reviews say stuff like, shameful. (laughs) Embarrassing.
1: (laughs) Sad. What a, what a waste. What a, what a waste. <laughs> shameful. Bob Dylan should be ashamed of such a shamefully shamed a p- a performance. <laughs> very shameful, very shameful. Huh. I've got a uh, four out of five here from <laughs> all music user Olake Ol Arwen. Ol Lake Arwen says, I like it. Some of the tunes are really strong. Then there is a one down thumb <laughs> reaction to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you?
0: Are you listening to the same thing? Uh, I also love when reviews are like a one star out of five, and they're like, "Great album, loved it."
1: <laughs> yeah, I gave it a star. Here we go. I've got a good uh, one and a half out of five here. Evan Lublinski of All Music Guide says, Under the Red Sky is an entertaining enough diversion the first time around to experience the shock of Dylan's latest (laughs) self-reinvention. But there's not enough substance or cleverness to warrant any future listens. Matt, I feel like you feel this way a lot about these albums. (laughs) Not the cleverness to warrant any future list. Yeah,
3: hear it and you're done.
1: D- Dylan doing boogie can be fun, but novelty value wears off after a little while. <laughs> I, have a- I have absolutely nothing against Dylan doing a lightweight album of this nature, but for it to work, it would have to feature far superior songwriting with creative ideas and better lyrics. As it stands, I can only recommend actually owning it to Dylan completionists. I love this term. I this do is a too. term I have learned. Yeah. Through this Dylan podcast, is that, the, is that the term Dylan completionist? Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh, cool." There's like a name for for people. It's, that it's think what I do. Hundred percenters,
2: yeah. baby. I'm definitely yeah, not a Dylan, Dylan completionist. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: But hardcore Dylan fans would likely be the type to induce the very least possible amount of enjoyment from the proceeding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have a I have one here that uh, kind of reiterates uh one that I, something I had said earlier but I think it probably does a better job it says Bob and this doesn't have a star amount it's just an annoying uh rant it says Bob use another singer All the heady hitters, uh, parentheses, great musicians in the world can't make a record with a terrible singer sound good. Mr. Dylan may (laughs) be an icon of songwriters, but once the voice is gone, it's time to stop torturing people and use the singers that actually sound good. The only reason I didn't give this one star is for the previously mentioned musicians. So I think that was a two star. But uh, Mm, I kind of agree. As I said earlier... I view Bob as like From the beginning as being like a nice Cut of veal Which is not nice, I don't really agree with veal But to being later on In the 90s basically a piece of beef jerky That is still flapping its <laughs> vocal cords together To make smoky, unintelligible oh. Lyrics I'm dressed in the light
1: That shines from the sun I could stone you a death For the wrongs that you've done ragged old
0: piece of rawhide you'd give to your old mutt <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> over in the backyard. <laughs>
2: exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. Amazon user Jack F. Chavor says, call a dog a dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: if, if some other schmo puts this dreck out there, you'd be saying, well, it's interesting of course not this is awful (laughs) bad unlistenable a waste of time (sighs) serving no purpose he's using nursery rhymes as a format and you're stupid enough to listen to it (laughs) i think dylan's having the last laugh here shot's fired they're not wrong he's he's calling us stupid he's talking about us they're not
1: wrong (laughs) what yeah What is he Yeah, this is the most intellectual thing I've done today. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what? (laughs) At least I'm not sitting there insulting people on
0: Amazon. No, we're doing it through podcasts. We're doing it on our own (laughs)
1: podcast.
2: (laughs) I I looked
0: up the word dreck because he calls it dreck. He says if some other schmo puts this dreck out there, you'd be saying, well, it's interesting. Of course not. And I, the, the dictionary definition of dreck is rubbish. Oh. And the, the example sentence is, this so-called art is pure dreck.
2: Damn, so he used it perfectly. Yeah, he actually used it exactly right. Let's move on to our three adjectives. I'll
0: start. My first adjective, which I called an audible during the podcast, no pun intended, and I changed my first one to lightweight because there were two reviews we heard that used that word, and I just liked it.
3: Well, I would equate that to low effort. Lightweight
0: equals low effort. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, Yeah. My second Uh, one is forgettable. Because I am promptly gonna forget about every single song on this album as soon as possible, and the last adjective I have is unexciting because it is not exciting it's not an exciting mm. album
3: no, it's a chunky slog um i have i have a bunch but i'll use my i'll use three of these ones that i have i have uh misguided being a kind of a uh, children's, not lullaby, but children's story, folklore sort of thing mixed with uh, musical stylings that no child would ever want to hear. Um, <laughs> so that's misguided. I would call it underachieving. Hmm. Uh, given the talent hmm. used in this album, uh, I would, like. could you tell Elton John was playing piano for that track? That was no. a real missed opportunity there. And then I would call it accurately rated, yeah. Which is two two words, but uh, I don't, uh,
1: I'm using it. You could hyphenate those, yeah, I hyphenated. In a, <coughs> in a formal setting, you could probably get away with hyphenating that. And this
3: is a very formal word. setting. I'm gonna catch flack for I that. Agree. On if one, you sorry,
0: if I you have issues with us having a uh, hyphenated adjective <laughs> to describe this album, just send us an email. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin, you got adjectives for? It?
1: Yeah, it's a fairly simple one. So, but I, I intentionally abstained from using it so far. But I found this album to be boring, very mm. <laughs> yeah. boring, and like does not move quickly for me. I wish it was over <laughs> when it's not over. Yeah, <clears throat> pretty much any time it's on, I'm ready for it to be done. Yeah, I found it consistent in its boringness. This is a cohesive album, and it's consistently—I like the way you said—underachieving. So it's consistent. It's boring. It's gray. It's what it looks <laughs> like.
3: I like that though. You yeah. know? gray is definitely a good. I, I mean, down to the ah. cover, like
1: like uh, you, you you listeners can't see, but I'm holding this up into the camera here. This is a boring album cover
0: it's so boring for a
1: boring album it's just a swing and a miss you know in that way it's very honest
0: yeah would you matt lawhead recommend this album to anyone easy no justin no i would not it's not good Yeah, there's no one I can think of that I would recommend this album to. Now, you
3: guys are Bob Dylan completionists, where I am not. You would even say if you were... like You have to complete it, so you have to recommend it to complete his... If you were not the total completionist, would you even recommend Bob Dylan Enthusiast to skip
1: this?
0: Yeah, I would recommend the song Born in Time, because it's kind of good, but the rest of these songs I would skip.
1: I would... I would suggest this album, I suppose, if someone came up and directly asked me, what can you tell me about, like, Bad Bob Dylan? Like, this (laughs) might be an album that'd be like, have you listened to Under the Red Sky?
0: That's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty far-fetched scenario. Yeah,
3: very hypothetical right. situation we're talking about. But Right, uh, right,
1: exactly. I, there's no one in my brain that I'm thinking of this dialogue or uh, exchange <laughs> ever, ever
3: happening. Upon finishing this album and the podcast, I feel bad and I feel guilty and I feel like uh, I wasted my time. What's the next album we're wasting our time with?
1: The next two, I think we've only got two bad ones left.
0: There's Empire, Empire Burlesque and what else? Knocked Out Loaded. Oh yeah. There was Empire Burlesque
1: in 1985, and in 1986 there was Knocked Out Loaded. Okay, so there, you know what? Here's era. what so we're gonna.
0: True. Here's what we're gonna do. I've got a quarter here. We're gonna flip a coin on it. Okay. So so heads is Knocked Out Loaded. Tails is Empire Burlesque. We're gonna flip this coin. Live on the podcast. Live. What did I say? Heads was what?
1: Empire. Some- no, tails is Empire burlesque.
0: Heads is knocked I out. Loaded. All right, examples, here we go. So
1: whatever.
0: What have we got? That's a heads. That what is a-
1: knocked out loaded. All right,
0: all right, knocked out loaded is our next episode. I. That's nineteen eighty-six.
1: I was originally going to have this one be last because, in my opinion, it is the. Worst mm. Bob Dylan album, and it has the worst <laughs> Bob
3: Dylan. That's amazing. Oh. I wish and you. A, and
0: per, I for wish my, podcast but, listeners, could but, see Matt Lawhead's face
3: just, right now. <laughs> I'm in complete disdain right now. I just, I can't. I'm here. I'm is, hearing that there's a worse Bob Dylan album than the ones we've heard, and I just am in utter like sad disbelief.
1: Now, some people, some people actually kind of dig Empire Burlesque. It's it's like full-blown like 80s almost like it's his stab into like new wave for a long time empire burlesque i thought was the the worst of the worst of the worst for bob dylan but then but i was on a road trip and i listened to the both albums in the order in which they were released which was back to back and empire burlesque was first and I listened to that all the way through, and then I listened to Knocked Out Loaded after that. And the fact that he put out Knocked Out Loaded after Empire Burlesque made me hate it
0: even worse. <laughs> well, I'm excited uh, like, to dig in on that. That's really thrilling stuff. Uh, Would you I'm,
3: fade out this one with a little bit about the kids being baked in a pie?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Boy and a
2: little girl were both baking a pie Let the wind blow low and the wind blow high One day the little boy and right, little girl were baking a pie